0: Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm your host, Richard Bliss. My guest today is somebody who's been on the show, one of my favorite people in the world, and somebody I could talk to forever, J.T. Smith with GameCrafter. J.T., thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, and likewise, Richard.
0: Well, we had a great conversation. Uh, we just saw each other recently at the Gamma Trade Show uh, mm-hmm. in Reno. Uh, the time before that was uh, four years ago at Gamehole Con, right? That's your convention in your local area?
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that was the last time in person, obviously. We've talked online.
0: Right. That but... was the last time in person. Yeah, we need new vocabulary for this, uh, this new environment that we have of what does it mean to meet someone, talk to someone, right? Right. Uh, my daughters are like, hey, I'm going out with somebody. Went, you know who? Well, this guy I met. Oh, wait, where did you meet him? <laughs> right. And why do we put so much credence in physical time space sim- similitude that you have to be in the same time at the same space to actually probably
1: constip- tradition.
0: <laughs> uh, it has something to do, I think, also with looking. But we're, we have video going so for those who are watching it. We'll put this up on the um, uh, Patreon you, as well as hi. YouTube, and uh, we'll have some content up there. But we're going to talk today about. Your, I'm going to say new, but it's not really new. Your crowdfunding platform that brings some very unique uh, capabilities to the crowdfunding world, right? What do you call that?
1: Mm-hmm. It's called crowd sales, And yeah, it's not, it's not exactly new. We've been sort of d- running it in beta for a couple of years, but uh, we're finally getting to the point where it's catching on and you know, we're adding some more features and that sort of thing.
0: So, so. let's talk to the audience about it. They're familiar with Kickstarter. They're familiar with Indiegogo. Now there's yet another crowdfunding platform that they should be looking at for games. But having chatted with you about this and kind of looked it over, this is, a, this is kind of a different experience.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, meant to, it's meant to give you the same kinds of things that you can get from a crowdfunding campaign like Kickstarter, but uh, taking away a lot of the complications that crowds, uh, crowdfunding campaigns create for themselves through stretch goals and, and things of that nature.
0: Okay, so you've mentioned the stretch goals, and when we talked about it, you really kind of focused on the stretch goals. Crowd sales is mm-hmm. at its heart an opportunity to put a project up and then have people give to it just in the traditional manner of a crowdfunding platform, right?
1: Right. You're backing the game just like you would on a crowdfunding campaign. The differences are there is no tilt. So, you know, it's not like you have to reach a certain funding goal for it to back or for it to fund at a cert- at one copy. It will fund. Uh, the second thing is. There are no stretch goals. Instead of stretch goals, we give discounts. So for every 10 people that back the project, the price of the game comes down rather than adding content that maybe wasn't tested so well or maybe isn't going to fit in the box, which will ultimately bankrupt the crowdfunding campaign.
0: So let me understand this. So here's the project. The game is there. I'm going to back it. And what you're Mm -hmm. telling me is that I'm not going to get anything extra. What I'm going to get is, is if I can get 10 of my friends to back this, I'm going to that I pledged, let's say it's $50, I pledged $50, mm-hmm. but once 10 of my friends back it, that I'm not paying $10, $50 anymore.
1: That's right. Everybody's price. So we don't actually charge the credit card until the end of the campaign, just like Kickstarter. Uh, so you, uh, you can cancel at any time. No, no cards or nothing will show up on your card. But if you don't cancel, if you get your friends to back or other people back, uh, for every 10, the price goes down. And so at the end of the campaign, whatever the best price is, is what everybody
0: pays. So how, how, how much are we talking about? How much could it go down then? What are the, what's my potential?
1: Potentially it could go down as much as 50%. So like y- your example of really? a $50 game, it could be a $25 game at the end. Now that really depends on the components in the game and margins that the designer puts into it and things like that. So uh, we've never seen one get that far off, but we did get one that was 42% off, I think.
0: 42% so. off, and that... and. And that's because of the volume that you're having. Now let's let, let's back right. up just a second because I'm realizing that a lot of the audience, um, you know, we get 15,000 people listening to this show listens every sure. month, and so a lot of them might, although you've been on the show a lot, a lot of them might not know what Game Crafter is. So let's there's a fundamental principle here that underlying that we're making an assumption about. And I think we need to back up and explain that. How does that's a good, game, right? How does Game Crafter work, and how is it possible to fund after one copy?
1: Sure. So the Game Crafter is print-on-demand for board games. So a game designer can design a game, put it out in our shop, somebody buys it, we manufacture it right when they buy it. We don't carry inventory of games, we carry inventory of raw materials to make games. So that's how you can you can order just a single copy and, and, and get it out. Now, with with uh as with anything the more you make of something the easier it is to make it making one of something is very difficult but making 10 of something gets a little easier making 100 of something gets even easier so that's where we can give some discounts with the crowd sale
0: okay so and for example i bought the captain is dead uh co-op game designed yep. by you uh, indeed right, <laughs> right and which i have enjoyed which is a great um experience here and i needed this expansion number two the other day uh it's on your site. I just went and purchased it, and it, it is a – is it cards only? I'm trying to remember. I opened up the box. I think It's, it's a called. tuck
1: box, some cards, and some plastic bits.
0: Yeah. Right, and so those all showed up a couple of days later, and again, mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of how this works. And so in this case, I have a game that I want to crowdfund. Mm-hmm. I go to your site. Do I have to have the game finished
1: If you want to run it through a crowd sale, the game must be finished at the start of the campaign. There are no changes once the campaign begins, and that's because, A, we need to know everything that's in it so that we can price it and provide those discounts. But, B, it's really important to us that we ship, we manufacture and ship the game within weeks of the crowd sale being over, or sometimes even days, not months or years like a Kickstarter.
0: So I put the game together. I put it out there. You know, uh, and then I run this campaign. What what are the length of times that campaigns run? I mean, if it's, it's unlike. Kickstarter, I guess it's 30 days is the average, or 28 days or whatever it right. is. Is there a, kind of a guidance for what you guys are doing? Because you're not trying to raise a certain amount of money. You're trying to attract a certain number of backers, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could run it 30 days like a Kickstarter, but almost no one does that. Our standard is one week, seven days. One week. Yep.
0: And so one week, I'm trying to get as many backers as I can to get the maximum amount of discount, so that every backer enjoys that 10, 20, 30, 40% discount on the project.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: Okay, and uh, so if I'm a game designer, why wouldn't I do this for every game?
1: Well, if you have a game that you think you can you can get you know two thousand backers, let's say, okay. we don't offer discounts for two thousand uh, a quantity of two thousand.
0: What's the maximum uh, that you offer?
1: We offer a discount up to 1,000 as of recently. It, th- within the last few weeks, okay. uh, we we did that. So previously, our discounts only went up to 100. We now do 500 and 1,000 level discounts, but we don't have one for like 2,000 or something like that. So you're going to, you know, be able to uh, get it cheaper in China or you know wherever else uh, if you have a huge volume of it. Also, if you really want to run stretch goals. We can't help you with that. This is not about stretch goals. So,
0: so what I w- – and that's a really valid point to identify what you're not as well as what you are. What you are is speed, mm-hmm. right? You are cost,
1: yep. effectiveness. Domestic manufacturing. Uh,
0: domestic manufacturing, no tariffs, which is a hot right. topic right now uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, affecting a lot of Kickstarter projects being manufactured in China. Uh, you're and deal- we
1: handle the back end, uh, like the entire customer service, shipping, fulfillment, all of that we do as well. So that's so, – if you don't want to deal with that, then –
0: So hang on. Let's sh- talk about that because that's uh, something that new backer, new project owners sometimes overlook. And that is what you're saying is is that I get 1,000 backers. Mm-hmm. You're in a position to deliver the product to all – of the, I don't have to get in the middle of getting their addresses, getting it shipped to them, all of that. You're handling all of that.
1: That's correct. We we manufacture every single copy, we mail out every single copy, and if there was a problem in shipping or they got a defective copy, we send out a new copy for you for free, you don't do anything. You just collect your money and design your next game.
0: Okay, so uh, from a cost stamp, so it really sounds like if I am... There's a couple of things I really like about the Game Crafter, and particularly one is... the. Um, Prototypes, mm-hmm. right? People are always like, "Well, I need to send prototypes to reviewers," which is so critical to the success of a, a launch of a Kickstarter. Your platform allows the creation, sometimes just the bare bones, right? Upload some artwork, right. upload uh, what basic components—not the customized stuff—but here's the game. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that uh, you're you're talking about though is that cost. It really is comes down to cost because sometimes those prototypes can be so expensive if I get them somewhere else. But if, I, if I'm a pro, so I understand if I'm the benefit, uh, if I'm a backer, is
1: mm-hmm. that I pay
0: $50, but after $100, 200 1000 whatever, my price has dropped to $25, $30, $40. Dollars. So a significant right. price savings. Right. But what kind of – there's all kinds of other costs associated with the Kickstarter campaign because there's fees that I have to pay for the credit cards. There's fees I have to pay for the, um, for the Kickstarter. What kind of costs am I looking at when it comes to using the um, Game Crafter as the platform for my crowdfunding?
1: Uh, There are zero other costs to the designer. They're going to set a price that they want to make per copy. So let's say they want to make $2 a copy, $5 a copy, $1 a copy, or maybe nothing a copy. Maybe they just want to get their game out there so they want it to be the the cheapest it can possibly be. It's entirely up to them what they set the price to be. And or what they set their margin to be, I should say. Uh, so there's no other costs. All the other costs are absorbed by us as part of the uh, the the campaign. For the backer, the only additional cost beyond the game is whatever shipping is, and we're not charging any extra on shipping. We just charge. We pass along along the cost of whatever USPS tells us the shipping will be. Got it. So. Yeah.
0: And do you ship internationally?
1: We do. And for the international backers, we generally ship via UPS. They have something called Mail Innovations, which is dramatically cheaper than USPS for international shipping.
0: Got it. Now, you've been doing this. How long has Game Crafter been around?
1: Ten years in, in two months.
0: That is so hard to believe. I know. It's uh, the, crazy. Right. The podcast went live in 2011. So that was... Eight years ago, so you you were kind of new when you and I first met. You'd been out doing this for just a couple of years, and it was yeah. And I was yeah.
1: when was, we first when I first came on the podcast, we had just come out of beta, actually. Right. So, yeah.
0: And I can remember being in tech and what I deal with, and watching the innovation called innovate and iterate. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Come up with an idea, get a little better, a little better, a little better, and I continue to believe that Game Crafter is rapidly moving into the to the area where it can compete. Um, But I wanted to talk about that a little bit because if I want to – you've always been really good at identifying what you can do and what you can't do. And one of the things that you're getting more and closer and closer to is full-on retail production that people are used to, that the ability for a gamecrafter game to sit on a shelf at a game store next to a traditional publisher can be Mm -hmm. almost indistinguishable. Are you at that point yet? Uh, we
1: are for most things. There are a couple of things we don't do, or we either don't do or don't do very well right now, like uh, inserts is one of the things that we don't manufacture What's at What's an point.
0: insert? Oh, you mean uh, in like the a
1: box? Inside the box. But as far as sitting on a shelf, like it, the shrink-wrapped box on the shelf, you can't tell the difference between a game we make and somebody else made. It's impossible. So we, we've gotten to that point where our boxes, I mean, the boxes we produce now, are, our new line of stout boxes is so thick that me as a 300 pound man can stand on those boxes and not crush them. So they are sturdy boxes. Nice.
0: nice. Yeah. I had my box of, uh, Colt Express crushed the other day cause I took it on a cruise <laughs> with me and the lug in my luggage and it got crushed. Uh,
1: so yeah. my
0: my little trains got squished a little bit, um, through mm-hmm.
1: all that. That but, sucks.
0: So. <laughs> how what would you tell somebody who's looking to do this i have a is there a is there a sweet spot of a project that i have i mean like a card game or a um a minimal component game is there something that's a sweet spot for somebody to try this out and say i want to i want to try this this uh, uh cra- um crowd, crowd sales. sales crowd sales
1: yeah i mean uh, you can do it with basically any kind of game but obviously uh, there are some things that are cheaper you know to produce than others like cards very inexpensive to produce so therefore you can actually make a game that you can sell for twenty dollars and still crowd sale it you know that sort of thing um, some games if you've got lots of complicated uh components in it that we that need specialized cutting it could be a very expensive game and therefore it might sell for eighty dollars or something uh, that might get less backers if you don't have a name for yourself right? Because it's not an impulse buy at $80. Uh, so it's really the same kind of thing that you have going with a Kickstarter, right? If you build this giant game and you don't have a following, you don't have a sales problem. You have a crowd problem,
0: right? Uh, I heard and that so, one before, right?
1: Right. And so that's, that's the deal. If, you're, if you don't have a, a, a big crowd behind you, it's easier to start with something small.
0: So let's talk about uh, impulse buys. What do you have right now that's hot on the Game Crafter?
1: Uh, one of the hottest games that we've had uh, this year is called Desolate. It's a solo game uh, made by Jason Glover, uh, also goes by Grey Gnome Games. Um, he's a traditional publisher, been doing, I think he's done, I don't know, 18, 20 Kickstarters uh, very successfully. But this, this this, game, he did not Kickstart Desolate. He he didn't Kickstart, and so he just ran it on the Game Crafter, and he sold, I think, close to a 500 copies in the last nine months. Um, and you, so that's
0: pretty good. Have you played it?
1: I have played it. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Right. And he's he's actually in the middle of producing his next game which is called Iron Helm and he's going to run a crowd sale for it and we actually think it could be the first crowd sale that hits 500 units because like I said that 500,000 unit pricing isn't something we had previously. Now I did run a crowd sale for that second edition of the Captain Is Dead that you mentioned before, uh, the you know the second episode, and I did hit 800 units. That was like the first or second crowd sale we ever did. I don't count that because the Captain Is Dead had his huge following, and so do I, and that's not really fair. Well, so. Um,
0: <laughs> well, yes, and, and and I can understand that. Is that you want some external validation rather than running your own internal thing that says, oh look, and and. Yes, the first time I played that game, you taught it to me. It was at Gamehole right. Con. I have it here. We've taught it to our group. Uh, it's interesting. I like my copy that I got off of Game Crafter, Crafter better than the people who are buying the – I shouldn't say this, but the uh, – because you partnered with <laughs> – The, AEG, the, version. the right. AEG version. The uh, AEG version. I like my copy better. Um, I like their box better, just so you know. I like their box yeah. better, but I like yeah. my copy better, and, yeah. uh, it, which has been kind of fun, which is why I bought the second one. So I'm looking – just so you know, I'm on Game Crafter right now. And I'm looking at the desolate, so it's uh so you're saying this is a pretty good solo game
1: yeah, if you're into solo games, uh, actually, with the most recent expansion that he just came out with, uh, it turns it into up to a four player game really so, but traditionally it has been only a, a solo game
0: all right, so I'm logging in. you talked about an impulse buy I'm gonna log in and I'm gonna back this uh, I guess I'm not back backing it. I'm actually buying. Yeah. Right, you're just buying a copy. I'm buying a copy. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and buy that copy right now. All right. That works. Yep. Wow, it's been a while since I was here. I got an old email address. I got to fix that. So, all right. <laughs> well, JT, this has been great. Uh, I think that we have helped people understand that there's this new opportunity for thinking. I'm going to say it's kind of a no frills thing, isn't it? It's kind of a look, this is you've got your project, you've got your game, you know what you want to deliver. Uh, and we're going to pass cost savings on and it becomes an interesting approach a very direct way of getting a project into people's hands with a maximum amount of cost savings with the maximum amount of time savings that that came out wrong but you know what i mean
1: <laughs> yeah it it's really about efficiency i mean you're right in the in there's not the fancy the fancy extras but that's the point actually is that it's, it's uh, not pulling away from a game that it was great already. And now you're making it worse by adding on things that aren't planned necessarily. Uh, so it's,
0: well, I know there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of people who might disagree with that approach to, uh, to, um, stretch goals, but I understand what the point is. And the point is, is that look, no, here's the game. Here's what you want. And we're going to drive that price down. I really like that. Drive that price down so that, uh, the backer benefits with, uh, with as the project becomes more and more popular. That's the idea. All right. How do they find it?
1: You will go to thegamecrafter.com, and if there is a crowd sale running, there will be a big banner right on the front page for the current crowd sale. Um, otherwise, you can find crowd sales in the nav, or you can just go to slash crowd sales.
0: Perfect. So. And the Iron Helm, which is the new one that's coming out, comes out, will you send about two weeks?
1: Uh, yeah, I think middle of June on uh, on the Kickstarter on the crowd sale page. So, uh, yeah, should be a couple of weeks from now.
0: Excellent. We'll look forward to it. JT, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. The podcast also has a presence on Facebook at Funding the Dream on Kickstarter podcast facebook group which is always a lot to say Uh, my guest has been jt smith with the game crafter at thegamecrafter.com we've been talking about crowd sales the crowdfunding platform that game crafter provides for project owners who have a a game on their site that allows you to drive down the price as more people back the project i I think it's fascinating i think it'll probably do very well as everything that jt does thanks for listening and if you want to um, enjoy some content additional content you can always Tune in to our Patreon page, and we appreciate those people who have been backers. Thanks for listening. Take care.